part 13. Joshua lifted his head, a faint cry reaching his ears. He stood slumped against the tunnel wall, having only walked for perhaps a minute before something, resolve, conviction, determination, had flowed from him, leaving him weak, shattered, numb. He had played his words over and over again in his mind, but more than that, recalled the look on her face, that hurt when his words had hit their mark. Or had he imagined that? Gabrielle, how can you love somebody who is clearly so bad for you? How can you love someone despite all reason, logic, sense? A faint cry. Joshua? Had he imagined it? He straightened, turned from behind. Gabrielle, trying to play with him again, no doubt. Then came the first real scream. Without thinking, he broke into an awkward run, head ducked, moving as fast as he could back in the direction from which he'd come. A part of his mind yelled at him to stop, to go back. What was he doing? Why was he letting himself be played again? He was close to the chamber when he heard her scream again. Not his name, not something cried out, but pain. A scream of pain, curdled and horrifying. Joshua stopped thinking, lowered his head and charged around the corner, bellowing in fury. Ahead of him, a scattered mass of naked forms closing in on a central knot, a beam of light whipping around in fury in their center. Another scream, and the light dropped. No! He roared as he cannoned into them from behind, shouldered one aside so hard he knocked it down. The flesh, soft and disgusting, knocked another aside and was past them, moving fast into their center, not thinking. They were turning, reacting to his presence, but with bestial need, he shoved his way through and then brought his maglite crashing down on the skull of the last creature before him, cracking it and sending the brute tumbling aside. Without thinking, he reached down and picked up Gabrielle. She was bloodied, eyes blinking, unable to focus. Joshua didn't pause. He simply turned, not losing his momentum, the initiative, and roared back the way he had come, lowering his head as he ran, bullying his way through. Something caught at his shoulder, cut him deep, another blow on his hip. Yelling in pain and terror, he ran, Gabrielle's long body cradled in his arms, her head on his shoulder, face against his neck. He held her to his chest and ran, broke free into the tunnel mouth. He couldn't tell if he was badly hurt couldn't feel anything, into the tunnel, and then around the corner. He must have been hurt worse than he thought, because he tripped. Lightheaded, he didn't even know how long he had run for, where he had run to. Fell to the ground, Gabrielle crashing to the dirt. Tried to rise, get his feet under him, slumped forward. Blood was clogging his jeans around his hip. His left shoulder was beginning to throb badly. Joshua? Gabrielle's face was smeared with blood, hair caught across her brow. He leaned over her, cradled her head in his lap, grabbed his flashlight. Her own had been lost somewhere along the way. I'm here. I'm here. She tried to focus on his face, frowned. You came back. Why did you come back? He laughed, despair catching him by the throat. He shook his head. I don't know. I couldn't leave you. You came back, she said, voice soft. She reached up with her hand, touched his chin. After all I said. He took hold of her hand, looked back behind them, swinging his light into the tunnel. Nothing. But he could hear faint sounds of movement. Shh, 
he said. We have to get out. I'm going to carry you. She began to shake her head, but he slid his arms under her legs and shoulders and tried to heave her up once more. She was too heavy, and he was too weak. Straining, he tried to get on his feet, managed to rise to one knee, and then spilled forward again. Go, she said. Go. Joshua didn't respond. He tried again, taking a deep breath, but his left arm wasn't cooperating. He couldn't get her legs up, and there was so much blood, too much blood. With dismay, he pulled back and saw the mess that was her stomach. Dark crimson gleamed in the light of his maglite. Viscera was showing. The cut was deep, had perforated her upper intestine. Who knew what else? He shook his head. Part of him, a clinical, cold part, knew that it was too late. Nobody could survive a wound like that without immediate medical attention. Another part refused, denied the truth. Gabrielle, he said. God, Gabrielle. Joshua felt something shudder within him, tear. No. He slid his arms under her one more time, lifted her to his chest. Her head rolled limply against him. Grimacing, vision blurring, he rose to his feet. Her legs were sliding out of his left arm's grip. He fought to lift her higher, hitching her up against him, felt her slide again, staggered forward, crying out in pain and effort. And then his left arm gave way, the pain in his shoulder suddenly tripling as something tore, and they sank to the ground again. I'm sorry, he said. I'm so sorry. Gabrielle opened her eyes, tried to smile. She was fading fast. You know, she said, voice a whisper. I didn't know it at the time, but I was right when I said that you were a good man. Joshua closed his eyes, ground them closed against the tears, the pain that was a blender in his chest. A soft sound from behind him, the whispering of soft feet on dirt. He turned, swung his light. Nothing there yet, but they were close. A trembling hand on his cheek. It's okay. My fault. Her eyes closed. She took a shuddering breath. Joshua, run. Her hand dropped from his face, fell to the ground. Gabrielle, he said, looking down at her. She wasn't breathing. He touched her cheek, shook his head heard movement, resisted the urge to scream. He couldn't leave her. He couldn't. Gasping, he forced himself to his feet. She was gone. She was dead. He was alive. He looked back down the tunnel. There. Three. Four of them, grouped together, hanging back as if shy, heads lowered, hands raised against the light. He looked down at Gabrielle. Her body looked gawky, artless. Gone was that terrible beauty, and instead he felt a tenderness for her that nearly broke his mind. Defenseless, vulnerable, and now he was going to leave her body behind. He turned to look again. There were six of them now, several yards closer. Damn you! He screamed at them, taking a couple of steps forward. Damn you filthy fuckers! They shrank back, as if offended, turning their shoulders toward the light, hanging their heads. He looked for something to throw at them, something, anything, but the walls and ground were just plain dirt and soil. Joshua took a step back, took one last look down at Gabrielle. She was dead. She was dead.
He shook his head and then turned and began to run, the darkness rushing up to claim and swallow her body whole. He only managed to run for perhaps ten steps before he was forced to slow down to a stagger and stop, reeling. How much blood had he lost? Where was he? Was this the right tunnel? It was growing tighter around him, pressing in on both shoulders, forcing him into a slouch. He continued to walk, trying not to think. To think of Gabrielle, lying in the dark. Those things creeping up to her. Then, a scream. He felt a dagger of ice punch through his chest as he spun around. A low moan, and then a second scream, weak and wet and cutting off. Gabrielle. She wasn't dead. He had left her behind, alive. He stared into the darkness, too shocked to even raise his light. He had left her behind, and now they were eating her alive. Joshua cried out, a formless, inchoate cry, and staggered back, banging into the walls, knocking his head against the tunnel ceiling, his light dancing before him and he saw a knot of the pale creatures gathered over her, obscuring the sight of her body. One long leg was kicked out toward him, visible from the knee down, and nothing else. Was it trembling? Shaking? The light stung them so that they looked up for a moment, blind faces smeared with blood, her blood, and then, with their horrific gentleness, they turned away from it, brought gore-smeared claws up to block the light. Joshua shook his head. He couldn't think, he couldn't breathe. He backed away, he stumbled, almost fell. Turned, began to march mechanically into the dark. She was dead now. She hadn't been dead before. When they started eating her, she had been alive. But now she was dead. He had thought she was dead. It had been a mistake. Her last two screams played in his ears. Weak screams, almost mewlings. His feet were blocks of wood. He didn't even illuminate the tunnel before him, simply marched into the darkness, light hanging by his side. Wet sounds faintly heard from behind him. Wet sounds, and then the distinct snap of a bone being broken. Joshua shuddered, stopped, leaned against the wall, slid slowly down until he was sitting, sat, trying not to listen unable to stop to block the sounds. You left her, he said. So you deserve to suffer, to listen. He stared at the wall before him, light on the ground illuminating his boots, the rugged soil. Whispering sounds, sounds of movement. They were following him. He couldn't think. What had she said? I didn't know it at the time, but I was right. I said that you were a good man. Joshua felt tears run down his cheeks. He could have checked her pulse. That was all he had to have done. A few more moments by her side to allow her to die first before leaving her. Instead, he had panicked and run. The soft, gentle sounds of feet padding on the dirt. They were drawing close. Joshua took up his flashlight, pointed it down the tunnel. There, maybe ten yards away. A mass of them. He looked in the other direction. He was so tired. He was spent. There was nothing in him. He thought of Gabrielle's face. 
her hand on his cheek. You came back after all I said. He couldn't feel his shoulder anymore, nor the pain in his hip. He was so tired. He looked at the huddled creatures, stared at them, indifferent, and then turned off his light, set the flashlight on the ground beside him, and leaned his head back against the dirt wall. Thought of Gabrielle, of how she had looked at him with wonder as he had laid her down. He smiled, a broken smile. She had looked at him with such wonder at the end. He would hold on to that, think only of that, as he waited in the dark. Coffin Cam was written by Phil Tucker and read by Paul M. Guyett. Recording, editing, and original music by Paul M. Guyett. Copyright 2013, Philip Tucker. All rights reserved.